0: downtown chicago on state street that great street we are live from the first midwest bank studios this is wmvp chicago uno dos, one two three
1: four one minute away from bears talk with jeff dickerson see we can't use the other show's intro but from jeff dickerson
2: you can always use that yeah that's me uh-huh
1: I just ripped it off from... Uh, who, what show uses that, Eric? Jeff Dickerson. I believe that's coming to your show. All right. Mm-hmm. We, we shang, we commandeered it. I don't think they'll mind. I don't know if he's in Bourbon A's everywhere. They got Family Fest tonight. Busiest guy in town. We appreciate a minute or two with J.D. Jeff Dickerson. Murph and Fred. Good morning, Jeff.
0: Murph, Fred, it is great to be with you guys. Yes, family night is tonight. Everyone packed up and left the after practice yesterday, not due back in camp in Bourbonnais until Monday. But still, it's going to be a busy night at Soldier Field. Matt Nagy telling us yesterday, guys, that it's going to be a full practice. You know, Typically, these practices are cut kind of short because there's fireworks and Lollapalooza and bad traffic and everything. But Matt Nagy said yesterday that they're going to go pretty much the full two-plus hours as far as the workout tonight.
1: Cool. A few minutes with with Jeff, so let's rifle through a few things. J.D., uh, Khalil Mack, can he be even better than he was last year? Uh, If so, why?
0: Well, I think Murph, he's a guy that easily can get close to 20 sacks. I think he's that type of player. Um, He's had, you know, in that 15-mark before in Oakland. Um, I think he will be better because... He's had a full training camp, a full offseason program. He's healthy. He's comfortable. It is a new scheme. There are going to be new twists and turns with Chuck Pagano versus the defense that Big Bangio called here in Chicago the past four years. But I think Khalil Mack is so talented, Murph and Fred that he transcends teams. Uh, I mean, you just watch him out there on the practice field, and he just—he's blowing up every drill. He can't take the quarterback to the ground because, as Matt Nagy also said yesterday, guys, if anyone hits Trubisky, they're going to be cut. Uh-huh. Now, probably if that doesn't mean Khalil Mack. You know, they probably wouldn't cut him, <laughs> but they wouldn't be happy with him. But, but, yes, I think from a numbers standpoint, he can play better. And don't forget, he did miss a few weeks last year during the regular season because of an injury. So, if he stays healthy and he's just as motivated as he is right now, I could see from a statistical standpoint, the number's going up in 2019. Can
1: we put an orange vest on 52? Is that okay, or just the quarterback gets the orange vest?
0: Uh, you know, Murph, I would I would have oh. a uh, caution tape around Khalil Mack. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't play him a single snap in the preseason. I, he doesn't need it. I, just, most of these guys don't. Some do, and I'm not saying there's not some sort of benefit to getting the offense out there and running through the signals and some practice with the headset and game conditions and stuff like that, but... I think by now, I think most people agree in the NFL that the only true value of the preseason is not getting your starters hurt because so little, if anything, actually carries over from those exhibition games to the regular season.
2: J.D., I know that Mark Helfrich has made his name as a uh, offensive coordinator an offensive guru, a guy that knows the offensive side of the ball, uh, but for him to come out and say, I don't think a defense has existed like this one, did did anybody say the 85 bear defense was pretty good hold that thought there jd JD, hold that thought
1: fred didn't know but we have a twitter poll in action right now hold that thought let's bring in eo 11 here was the uh twitter poll's been active for about four hours bears fans vote now it says how close to the great 1985 bears defense can the 2019 Bears defense be multiple choice? A, Murphy, gotta be kidding me. B, well, not very close. C, maybe very close. Or D, as good as the 85 Bears. All right, now those are the uh, options. EO 11, bottom to the top, please. All right, with only 10%, uh, the voters said that this defense can be as good as the 85
3: team. Only 10%.
1: You're damning with faint praise, Eric. (laughs) You're saying only 10% have said it could be as good as the 85 Bears defense. Okay, go ahead. Uh, And then 18%, Murph, you got to be
3: kidding me. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, 23% said not very close, and almost half, with 49% says this defense can be very close to the 85 Bears.
1: All right, Fred, uh, uh, DJ, uh, J.D., you understand the spirit of the Twitter poll that's yeah. saying that, you know what, this defense ain't bad.
0: It's a really good defense. And look, they haven't won a Super Bowl like the 85 defense. Look, right. because, Yeah, this is a team that lost in the first round of the playoff last play. year. Right, right. Um, so, off that defense, you had... Three Hall of Famers, right? Eighty five. You had Hampton, you had Ben, and you had Singletary, right? And I think McMichael should be in under strong sure. consideration right. hopefully one day by by the veterans committee, senior committee. Off this defense, I think Khalil Mack has a good shot to one day be a Hall of Famer. And that's probably it. I mean look, Eddie Jackson's been in the league for this is his third year. Sure. I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame. I don't want to go Dave Watson on you. Who was actually at camp the other day. Wandy was there. Um <laughs> When he, when he uttered the famous line, let's not put uh, James Allen in the Hall of Fame just yet. Uh, I think it was James Allen. <laughs> yeah,
2: it but, was. It was. I think
0: it was. Uh, look, I when you actually look back at what this defense accomplished last year, guys, and I'm just going to keep this is just off the top of my head, okay? What they led the league in last year. Interceptions. Takeaways. Points allowed per game. Rushing yards per game. Fewest plays of 20-plus yards. Fewest rushing plays of 10-plus yards. Fewest red zone touchdowns. Uh, lowest passer rating of the opposing quarterback. This is just off the top of my head. So that defense last year I think was good enough to help them get to a Super Bowl, but the offense had their issues, and, of course, the kicker has to miss eight times, including in the playoffs. So I, I would probably put them more towards that C that category, not D, not B. And I don't know if it would be a burn C or plus, but I'm, I'm telling you guys, historically speaking, uh, that Bears defense was special last year. Can they do it again remains to be seen. Can everyone stay healthy? Will Fogano be as good as Fangio? Will they get all the lucky breaks again this year? I can't tell you that right now. But, I mean, what they did last year on defense was pretty special.
2: It was yeah, incredible. J.D., I was going to ask you, does Chuck Pagano have the easiest job in football or the toughest job in football?
0: Toughest. Fred. Tough okay. It's the toughest job. Because I'm telling you guys right now, and you both know this, the moment something goes wrong on that defense, who are you going to look at first? Sure. Who's the first guy? Because you know why? He's the only new guy. I mean, you know, Todd Clinton-Dix is new, Buster Screen. There's a few, like, minor pieces that have gone in there. But – Pagano is almost in a no-win situation because if they're great again, well, they were supposed to be great. But God forbid that they're not. Oh, it's, it's a very tough job. He's a secure guy. I think you know the players like him, and I'm not. I'm not foreshadowing any sort of disappointing year by the Bears defense or Pagano or anything like that but I don't think it's an easy job at all. I think it's a hard job.
2: Do we make too much of the familiarity between uh, HaHa Clinton Dix and Eddie Jackson, or do you expect that familiarity to work in the Bears' favor?
0: Uh, I mean, I don't don't know if, it's gonna help that much. Okay. And I think, I think what, you know, Fred. What's gonna help is if Eddie Jackson has an All-Pro year again. Sure. That's what that's what's gonna take care of everything because he was he was unbelievable last season with six interceptions and all those defensive scores. And he's going to ball it again. Another thing about Eddie Jackson, people forget he's looking to get paid. <laughs> His contract, he's gonna get paid after this season, so he's gonna probably set the market for safeties. So he's got every every ounce of motivation to to have another monster year there for Eddie Jackson. Clint Dix is on a proven of deal. I don't, I don't think anyone is... They're not sold on him for a long term. I mean, he was with the Packers, with with the skin. He's bounced around a little bit. He's making decent money, but nothing overwhelming. So, I, I don't know how that's going to work. I understand why Clinton Dix is here, because just the money wasn't there for Amos. Amos wasn't special, but he played a good role in this defense. He's a good, strong safety. He's a good tackler. He, he did his job, and... And I don't know. I don't know how Clinton Dips is going to fit in. To me, he looks a little more like Eddie Jackson. I don't see as as defined role as I saw last year at safety for the Bears. <laughs>
1: Couple quick minutes with Jeff Dickerson, JD. Nice enough to join us on a, one of those free uh, Saturdays, free in the sense that uh, nothing in bourbon. Eh? and JD, I'm sure as he said, he's be heading to the uh, family fest. I think they officially call it Family Night a little bit later this afternoon. Couple quickies, and we'll spring a great, great to visit with you, uh, Jeff. We had a Twitter poll about two hours ago, and uh, we had the answer the results. The question was: Bears fans, vote now. The Bears strongest offensive unit group is, well, the O-line, the running backs, the wide receivers, or the quarterbacks' reason. I uh, one of the reasons I, uh, I entered that last night on our poll was uh, one of your uh, compadres, uh, Jason Leiser, L-I-E-S-E-R, I believe it's pronounced. The Sun Times guys covering a lot of the Bears uh, this year, here. and he wrote uh, the uh, he, the offensive unit that's the strongest aspect uh, for the Bears' offense is the O line. Now, uh, Eric Eleven, Eric Eleven, uh, uh, we have. Some Updated uh, numbers on that. How are the fans voting now as the strongest unit? O-line running backs, wide receivers, QBs. The sun one of the Sun Times guys says, you know, you might you might vote O
3: line on this one. Quarterback is only three percent, running backs is twenty percent, offensive line is twenty-three percent, and wide receivers is up to fifty-three percent. Yeah, Fred Sweet. voted
1: wide receiver, but the O line, and you know, it's not a very exciting topic, the O line. But we were pointing out earlier, Fred and I, that you got five guys now that have been together for a while daniel's moving yeah. there. Talk, talk about for a minute i know a lot of fans go the O line but this this could be pretty big
0: oh i don't think it's outlandish to suggest that's the strongest group on the offense i you mean you've got both tackles are paid all right charles leno has really developed into a very good left tackle bobby massey is more than serviceable on the right side um Kyle Long is healthy, guys. Because they pay cuts, but Kyle made his money. It's okay, um, but he's healthy. And when he's right, you know he can make the He's a pull caliber interior offensive lineman. Cody Whitehair is the next guy to get paid. He's been a great sport about everything. Center guard, center guard, hard worker, likable. I like him moving back to guard. And they drafted James Daniels for the second round, you know, uh, last year to be the starting center at some point. But I do think it's a very strong offensive line. Why did Steve, but you could also make that argument. I mean, there's no – so I think Allen Robinson is the only one that really could put up, you know, 80-plus catches because there's only one football that goes around. Allen Robinson is really talented. It's nice to see him healthy. Uh, Taylor Gabriel is, I think, a little more confident in his second year with the Bears. Very talented guy. We spoke with Anthony Miller yesterday who's healthy after offseason shoulder surgery. Uh, he has very high ceiling as far as his ability goes. I think Cordero Patterson is a nice guy to add in that mix because he is going to be listed as a wide receiver, but he can also run the football, throw the football. He's your return man. You know, have not seen much from Riley Ridley uh, because he's been injured, so that's been kind of a, a, a disappointment. But you got Javon Wins, Marvin Hall. Uh, you got some the, the names there fighting it out. But, you know, honestly, I would say just based on what's been already proven in the NFL... Yeah. I I would go with the offensive line. Interesting. I think that's, I think that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah.
2: You know, and you mentioned it both about Leno and Massey. And how surprised are you? Because when they were initially placed at those tackle positions, I don't know if I had as much confidence. I did, I, I probably would not have said that three years down the road they would still be there. And two positions we wouldn't be worried about. <laughs>
0: Who would have guessed that yeah. maybe Phil Emery's greatest pick was Charles Leno in the seventh round? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember I remember covering Charles when he was having a hard time at right tackle. Sure, just, just didn't, didn't suit him. And, and I go, wow, if he can't play right tackle, he's going to play left tackle. Hmm. But boy, he has done a great job, just solidifying that spot. Another guy, just great, great in the locker room, great teammate. Got his money, wonderful, um, very steady. Uh, and, yeah, and, and look, Batsby was a little bit of a – he got paid some good money. He knew Kyle Long when he signed here. You know, he played in Arizona, and he, he's been fine. I mean, look, every tackle is going to have some rough moments. Whenever you're going up against elite pass rushers, especially when you're on the right side, and you're sure. really, you know, guy, they'll move guys around and, and try to exploit that matchup against you. But I think both guys have held up very, very well. And uh, you know Kyle Long, you know projected to be a very good player. I think the same thing with Whitehair. He came in his first camp and he was going to be good. And Daniels is sort of you know played last year, but I think in now a little bit more of a natural position for him. The question will be can that group stay healthy? I mean, how many training camps have we seen guys where the mm. Bears lose like two offensive linemen before September? Yep, um, can't afford for that to happen. But if they stay healthy. I could absolutely see that being the bedrock of the offense, at least initially. Is
1: Jeff double duty Dickerson? Why? Well, stick around a little later today, right after Murph and Fred, Red Sox, Yankees. Then it'll be Jeff Dickerson and Jonathan Hood, my old guys. Jay Hood, say hi to Jay Hood for me. Uh, Jeff, last thing, uh, if we didn't ask you, but I. I hope I have a new wrinkle here about the uh, kicking. Oh, no,
0: we didn't ask. We Come saved on. it for the end. Murph,
1: not the kicking question.
0: No, here's- The grand finale. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the main event.
1: All right. <laughs> Now here's uh, one of the angles. Uh, so, Matt Nagy, Miss a Little Miss a Lot, was on uh, Monday with Carmen and Yurko, 1.46 in the afternoon, and uh, he talked about a free-throw basketball, free-throw shooting contest because you know how uh, Nagy's got it so, you know, one guy, Panero kicks one day and Fry kicks the next day and somehow and it makes sense, put the phone right up to your ear there, JD. Here's Nagy on the kickers.
2: You know, I referenced it to like a free throw shooting contest when you have 10 people in there and you only get to shoot one free throw, free throw and if you miss it you're knocked out. Well, instead of just shooting 10 in a row and getting in a rhythm, now these guys are in a rhythm and I think you're seeing some of that too as they're, they're making a lot of these kicks in practice.
1: Alright, so after two, three weeks now, was there a method to the madness at first? What do you mean one guy one day, one guy the other day. Now that you've seen it, and uh, let's be honest, now that Nagy's seen it, uh, is it, does it make sense?
0: Makes a ton of sense. And not only that, Murph, remember, this is, you're trying to replicate game-like situations. So you're trying to find a guy that's going to do it during the regular season. And when you're the kicker of a team, you don't split reps. Uh, you don't split reps on game day. You don't split reps on game week. So I like that you're doing it Every other day, uh, Fry actually or Pinheiro actually did two days in a row uh, because he had to miss yesterday for personal reason. Then Elliott Fry stepped in, and I think he had ten of eleven yesterday. Yep, I, I think they've handled this very well. And if for, for people that wonder, well, why is the kicking story going away a little bit? Well, because they're making their kicks. That's the reason why hmm. it was it was a calamity in the off season. I mean, they were missing kicks all the time. So that had to be the story. You had to talk about it.
2: We had to write
0: about it. You know, I still think from from a leg strength standpoint, Pinero probably has the edge. But Elliot Fry, to his credit, has not that down a bit, and he's done just as good of a job. So, uh, supposed to kick, I think, he like, like said, and you know, everyone will have opportunities this season, and that's I think we're going to really figure out that's sure. going to be.
1: Hey, J.D., great stuff as always. We love you Monday through Friday. Thanks for jumping well, we in. we love you s- all the
2: time. You yeah. know, we, we love hearing you Monday through well, Friday. Also, seven
1: yeah. days a week, but I love hearing him more Monday through Friday. Unless he's going to call me at home tomorrow, I don't think I'm going to hear him. Are you on tomorrow? <laughs> oh,
0: Are you thank on with- you, guys. Okay. Yep. Have a great rest of your weekend. It's it's Hall of Fame Saturday, so uh, we're going to do a lot of Hall of Fame talk uh, on our show with Hoodie uh, later this afternoon. Sounds good.
1: Hey, what's the over-under on bucket hats on the sideline? About 32 bucket hats in the sun today, or what?
0: I, I would say uh, <laughs> you're being generous, Murph. I okay. think it's, really, uh, it's really about 40. Let me give you about 40.
1: Just don't let John Mullen pedal in on his bicycle again, for gosh, sake. He may have to with a Lollapalooza
0: <laughs> crowd moon, and no everything. More he may stay. We, moon, no more moon we, may, had, we had a Spandex issue a few years ago. We cleared that up. Fred, That's a good one. Fred,
1: Moon may stay a Lollapalooza for all we We may. Know.
0: He may. JD,
1: thanks, thanks a million. JD. Great catching up with you, my friend. All right, guys, take care. Great talking to you. All right, same here, Jeff
2: Dickerson. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, J.D. and Hood are on after the Red Sox-Yankees game. Uh That's a tough one because the Red Sox-Yankees game could go two and a half hours or it could go seven and a half hours. You never know how long that show's going to be. So as soon as that game's over, you'll hear J.D. and Jay Hood right here on ESPN 1000.
1: Were the White Sox five and a half hours?
2: Five hours, 28 minutes.
1: Oh, well short of five and a half hours.
2: Yes, yes, a good two minutes short as the White Sox come away with a win. And you know what? That's saying something. Uh You're going up against a team. Oh, yeah. You're going up against a team that is battling for the wild card spot. They're only a game back now, the Cubs and Washington, in the battle for the wild card spot. And Philadelphia, they used their guys. They went deep. And, uh, it was just nice for me to watch the White Sox pitchers just, just take care of Bryce Harper. 0 for 6. He struck out a couple times, didn't do anything, left five men on base. Uh, just, uh, was, uh, you know, not a fan, never was a fan. And, um, glad he didn't come here. How
1: about some of his at bats last night? Oh, yeah. Swinging out of his shoes. Yeah.
2: You know, I guess the tough, tough. It's great because Stone's able to call, Stone's able to call some of the pitches and go in and they, they beat him a couple times inside. He goes, yeah. they're going to throw him a slider outside right here. And he goes, he's not going to be able to get it. And it's exactly what they did. And he couldn't reach it. Aaron Bummer carved him up. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer's really good. Oh. And you know what? They kept Bummer. They kept Colomay and, uh, the, uh, they'll be here next year. Yeah. where they're actually, uh, hopefully going to be playing better as opposed to, you know, 13 games under 500, which they are right now. So, uh, it would be nice if they had everybody together at once. As soon as Anderson comes back, as soon as Jimenez comes back, Moncada goes down, uh, their pitching has been a mess. So uh, we'll see what happens. They've got, um, they got the uh, Phillies again tonight. Uh, Detweiler, about the only guy that didn't pitch because they used eight relievers last night in the 15-inning win.
1: Yeah, those extra-inning games are uh, rough. But uh, Abreu said, you know what, 15 innings this is going to be enough. How about an RBI single puts the Sox up to stay 4-3 to in the top of the 15th.
0: Abreu, a laser to left field. Velazquez up with it. Garcia coming home. And he is safe at the plate. They want to look at it again.
2: This is the most amazing part of this. They want to look at it again and see if, in fact, the
0: hand did get in before the tag. He almost got another well, one, I know. Steve. It's, it's an unbelievable throw again by Velazquez. They're chanting out. Safe. They're wrong. Safe. Sox lead.
1: Highlights NBC, Sports Chicago. He came up a little gimpy there at the end of Brayu, but... what to win? It's fun, you know, when yeah. you're beating a team that's well right here. Uh, they're one game back of the wild card. Right. One game
2: the, back of the Cubs and Nationals.
1: That'd be the first place Cubs uh-huh. for like, uh, in the wild card. in the wild card, right? Oh,
2: yeah, exactly right. A half game back of St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis is at Oakland tonight, so maybe you'll have to uh, stay up late. I don't think I don't know if that's an afternoon game or an evening game. We have the
1: uh, Cubs uh, lineups are in, uh, of course, and uh, Fred will uh, review those again in a uh, in a moment. We we're talking earlier. Cub fans, well, we broke down the game, and, uh, you know, it was an afternoon game, so I think most everyone's seen it by now or heard about it or talked about it, but the more I hear Doug Glanville, the more fascinated I am with him. Uh, I threw out the suggestion maybe he, you know, would be a guy that should be considered by Theo as, uh, you know, one of the Cubs' managerial uh, nominees, uh, and a lot of people are telling us, including both you and uh, EO11, telling me that, you know, maybe he wouldn't want it. We had the Twitter poll uh, who, uh, for you, Cub fan, would be the, uh, you know, best choice to replace Joe Madden next year. You know, uh, David Ross, Mark DeRosa, Joe Girardi, Doug Glanville. we got a quick by here, Fred, Doug Glanville. Uh, Miss a Little Miss a Lot, uh, visited Friday with uh, the with the man. And he talked about, well, he wasn't really sold on the uh, Derek Holland move. In fact, he was a little, uh, I don't know if critical is the right word, but he uh, really uh, looked at it with a really analytic eye. And he said, was this just an analytic move? But he had an angle on maybe the Cubs' road losses, and home victories. You know, the disparity. What did you say? Sure. They were last in. They're
2: last baseball, in the National national last League in in road record. They're second best in the National League in home mm-hmm. record.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, second from the best, uh, like well, second best home, rather, I'm right. sorry, and, and worst with the road. And even Joe Madden, you know, goes, I have no idea. Right. No one's really had an idea. Now, uh, Doug Glanville, here's, here's a little snippet. He has an idea. I'm not, and he's not even saying this is the reason. But he's the first person. Here's a guy. He really, he looks at baseball with a little different eye than I'll say almost anybody else. He at least came strong with a possible reason. No one else is. I don't know. You know, I'm saying I don't know. Jesse goes I don't know. Joe Man I don't know. What's the reason? Who knows? Now here's uh, Doug Lanville for what it's worth.
0: When your bullpen struggles. And it has these bumps, especially late in the game. It gets more exploited on the road because you don't have the last licks. You don't have that opportunity to say, oh, so what? We gave up three runs in the eighth. Now we're going to come back. You don't have a comeback. If you give it up in the ninth, it's game over. And we saw that in the Brewer Series, for example. So the challenge for them is those late-inning breakdowns in the bullpen with Pedro was struggling and so on become exponentially more noticeable and certainly leading to your own demise. When you're
1: on the road. Interesting. You know, I'm sure you'd have to run the numbers. Call John Dewan. Well, you know, uh, how do you say that's a good bullpen, a bad bullpen? Well, they could do that. Yeah. And you don't get the last raps, I think was the, the old, right school, that, right? old school phrase. He's right about that, know, right? last raps. got the last at-bats. And uh, so uh, I'm not saying, he's not saying, he's just saying maybe. At least he's someone that's at least throwing out an idea.
2: Yeah, and that could be one of them. Yeah. Hey, it's a gorgeous day today. I got an idea for you. Okay. Looking for a new car. Head on out to Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, in Glenview. They've got low prices and a whole lot more. Now, some dealerships, they advertise false prices just to get you to come on in the door. Today's the day mm-hmm. to go on over to Fields right there in Glenview and say, listen, I want to see the Jeep Gladiator. I've heard all about it. Fred's been talking about it. Check it out at Fields. They want to earn your business. We'll never mislead you. Go to Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Glenview, or you can check them out at FieldsCJD.com. Back in the flash, Murph and Fred, when we return, uh
1: I don't know, Fred. It's going to be another one. You're right again. Uh-oh. It doesn't happen often. No, but it happens a lot today. And that would be a little uh, a little quiz on uh, the dumbest metric ever. And Fred's been on this from the... Uh, oh, from, I know where you're going. From the, and okay. I've got an idea for NBC Sports Chicago regarding the Cubs, that and more. Back in a flash, ESPN 1000. minutes to go. Thanks for being with us. Murph and Fred, Saturdays, 9 till noon. And they got Maxwell Street uh, Beer now. Uh, let's see, the actual name, Fred, uh, Maxwell Street Lager. Made. Does it uh, say who makes it? Yes. M-A-R-Z. Mars Myers, Brewing. Myers Brewing
2: yeah. You know them? Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah, they make some really good stuff.
1: It'll make a special appearance uh, tomorrow. Uh, the big event called the big deal at uh, eight hundred South Desplaines Street. Uh, isn't it Desplaines Avenue, Desplaines Street, Reading here? Maxwell Street Lager will make an appearance. Uh, uh, Chicago Department of uh, Cultural Affairs. Uh, it, here's uh, Mr. Uh, oh Marzuski. So maybe that's the uh, From Mars.
2: Well,
1: Marsbrew yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, M A R S. Well, here's M A R S Z. Okay. M A R S Z E W S K I. It's a lager brewed with. Here we go, an American grown version of uh, the German hop. Uh, it's uh, called a Kalistau. Kalistau is the German, exactly. Okay, and it's a uh, lager beer called, uh, brewed with here, Grundgeist. That's G-R-U, Umlat, U, G R U N G E I S T Grungeist. The American-grown version of Kal- Kalista. Kalista, the German hop. It tastes dry and refreshing. Uh, hops and Pilsner malts go well with uh, market of food like the Maxwell Street Polish. That's, that's right cool. Up, that's right up your alley, Fred. Oh, friend. yeah, it sure is. Well, you know what? You're right again. You were right again. About? Well... You've been on this from the beginning. The dumbest metric, run differential.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I know everybody else yes, swears by it. They do. I'm not. You swear yeah, at it. Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't think it means anything. It
1: doesn't. In, uh, in Milwaukee, the three games last weekend. Right? right. The Cubs lost two out of three to the Brewers. They're trying to turn that around uh, here. Obviously, this week, maybe three out of three, but at least two out of three to meatloaf it and uh, even it up. Six and three out of uh, six each. You know, the Cubs lost. Two of three, they lost three to two, they lost five to three, and they won on the Schwarber day. Remember the seven ribeyes, right. eleven to four. Yeah. So the Cubs run differential, they outscored the Brewers by four runs, sixteen to twelve, and they lost two, lost out, two, out, of two three. out of three. Yeah.
2: So yeah. there you go. You know, it's just I understand. You know, sure you want to score more runs, mm-hmm. but I just don't see how that means a whole heck of a lot. Um, you know, there are people, like I said, that, uh, will, will argue with me about it. And of course, if you win more games, you're going to have a better run differential for the most part. That's going to happen. That's how it works. The, um, the Yankees' run differential right now is a plus 161. Or I'm sorry, 121. They're not even the best in the American League. The Twins are 130. The Astros are 136.
1: I'll bet. Somewhere there's a team over 500 that's got a negative differential or a team that's playing under 500 that's got a positive differential.
3: Now,
2: the Giants are at 500. and They're minus 52.
3: The Brewers are a great example. They're yeah. 57 and 54. Their run differential is minus
1: 21. Yeah. Well, there you go, EO. Right. Thank you. And, Fred, that's even more uh, damning The Giants
2: won. Yeah the The Rangers are one over, and they're they're yeah. uh, one. They're the Rangers are almost the way it should be. The yeah. Rangers are fifty five and fifty four. The run differentials minus yeah. one.
1: Or as Joe Madden said yesterday, uh, earlier this week, he said. Uh, I want the Cubs, I want us to play baseball. I don't want us to do this new wave analytical baseball that just tries to put the ball in the seats all the time. He said this after this two home runs by Schwarber and the victory we were just talking about.
2: So, I mean, well, that's uh, a happy medium. Well, you look at the White Sox. The White Sox are 13 under five hundred. Their run differential is awful. Mm-hmm. They're minus 121. They're a bad team. And it shows that they give up a lot of runs. They have a they have a tough pitching staff. That's gonna. That's how it usually works. Yeah. If you have a good team and you're winning games, your run differential is going to be better. So I just don't. I understand what the number means. Right. I just don't understand how people are so, you know take it to mean so much. That's just me.
1: They're going existential on you. I don't know. That's the word everybody uses now. I mean, it means just means what? Looking down the road. Looking to the. I predict. Yeah. Um, Fred, I have an idea here for. In fact. I had this idea during the bowl season, and I'm sure that they already had the wheels in motion. But do you remember back in the middle of the bowl season, I said, why doesn't... So a lot of the games this year, uh, last season, of course, the Bulls games are on NBC Sports Chicago. And right. some were on uh, good old uh, you know Channel 9. Sure. And when the uh, Bulls were on NBC Sports Chicago, right after the game, yeah. they'd go live... Uh, the home games, they'd be down there on the concourse and people be waving and making faces. Our uh, buddies, you know, Mark Shanowski did a great job as yeah. the host. And, uh, Kendall Ken, Gill. Kendall Gill. Yeah, not Will w- Not Wendell Kim, as I no. once called him by accident. Right. And, uh, Will Perdue. And Will
2: Perdue. Yep. Sometimes Horace Grant would even yes, be there. Yes, he did. Right?
1: So I remember saying, well, how come when the game's on Channel 9, why doesn't uh, NBC Sports Chicago still When the game ends, because good old Channel 9 goes right to news. Right. They go right to the local Channel 9 news. Why don't they then pop up, you know, just teach, okay, go right over to us and here we'll be. Two weeks later, they were doing it. Yeah. Now I know it certainly wasn't because of hearing me, because something like that takes months in advance to to do,
2: right? Or you know, well, pl- you got to program things, and plus oh. during that time of year, you got Blackhawks games oh, going on huge. sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't work, and yeah. That, yeah.
1: So how come the same? How come they're not doing the same thing for right baseball now, for Cubs games at least?
2: Yeah, I now, don't know. And and I suggested someone that uh, somebody that works over there had put something on Twitter, and I mm-hmm. suggested that next year they should do one for the White Sox games also. You know, you're doing one for the Cub games. What is it above the ivory, sure. ivy, or behind yeah. the ivy, or whatever? Uh-huh. You should do one for the White Sox next year, also, um, because it would make more sense, especially next year, because you're not going to have the Cubs to broadcast. Right? Exactly. The White Sox would make sense, but why not? And don't we- have the same three guys? Because. You know God, they can't show the passion. God they love for the, the Bulls, Cubs.
1: but last year they, the ratings they couldn't draw flies. Mm-hmm. You're telling me right now after the Cubs game, there's not more people watching the Cubs game than the Bulls game, and the games that are on nine they couldn't flip right over and uh, you know be it Cap or someone else doing yeah. the, the thing again, but right on NBC because nine goes to news. Yeah,
2: and well, see, and it, you could do that, and then you could have like I said the other show where, where you have the fans on too. But yeah. yeah, there's no reason for them not to do that, mm-hmm. and I think they did it for. They did it for the Hawks games last year. They did it oh. when the Hawks games were on Channel Nine. They oh, would have I'm it sorry, over there. I missed that. Yeah, they would have Pat Boyle right. over there. Yeah. You go on and since they have, you know, NBC Sports Chicago and NBC Sports Chicago Plus, yeah, they can always throw one on the plus and you can catch it. Oh. And if your fans are you know, people are big fans of the game, the game's over, you wanna you wanna see a post game.
1: Great move by Jay Blank and John McDonough. See, I missed that. Yep. I always wish happy birthday to Jay Blanc. I never forget. I don't have to write it down. He's one day after me. Oh is he one okay. day after me. Okay. But like, how does Murph remember this every year? Javi Baez. Now the Cubs have no backup shortstop anymore since Addison Russell. Now he's only one day away. If there were something where
2: Javi gets tweaked and he has to go on the ten day, you could bring Russell Well as long as up. this equipment makes the trip. What's that? Well, when Russell went to, down to Iowa, yeah. he, his equipment didn't I make the trip, that, so he no. couldn't play in the next game. I missed that. His equipment, <laughs> what? His spikes didn't come down? <laughs> I well, didn't know what, what? What other equipment did he need? There's not someone else with a size 10 shoe he could slide on? I mean, you buy the guy new shoes. Uh, what, his glove didn't? Give him another glove.
1: Well, obviously, he wasn't interested in playing, so that story was made up by someone to cover
2: for Well, him. his equipment didn't make it down yeah. from Chicago. Okay. Come on,
1: Really? I don't feel like playing today. I'm tired. How's that happen? They probably have like a 48-hour union window
2: or something before they have to report. I may use that one of these days. Well, my windscreen and headphones aren't here. I can't do the show. Come on.
1: (laughs) Murph's uh, Lysol's not here to uh, sanitize the uh, headphones. Uh, So that means Javi Baez. Okay. He's got to play every day. Bingo. Every day. Now, Kemp can play probably in an emergency. You know, we're talking 13th inning and Harvey gets ejected. Or uh, Bodie. Again, in an emergency. But then the next day, if it was more than one day, you'd have to call up uh, Russell. Well,
2: maybe you can go pick up uh, Alcides Escobar. The Uh, White Sox Sox just released him. He's been playing in AAA. He'd be a perfect guy to come up. He was hitting two seventy eight or something like that in the minor leagues. I don't know why the White Sox Uh, didn't bring him up at all. Why have the guy if you're not going to bring him up when you need a shortstop? They had Larry Garcia playing shortstop for two weeks.
1: So I was going to say, and you you were exactly right, now Javi has to play every day, but then... Take a look at the Cubs schedule. The next three Mondays they're off. Yeah, so he'll get a blow every six days. Get a day off six days. Get, so he, that's okay. Then you expand uh, on uh, September first.
2: Well, I do have to tell you, for for a team that for earlier this year, about a month or so ago, they were talking about playing every day. When they just took this nine game road trip, yeah, they came home after every series. They were able to. Yeah, they were able to come home after every series. So they can't blame right. being on the road for a nine game series uh, for what happened on the road, a three and six road trip.
1: Great point. See, they were off Monday, they were in San Fran, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, off day. Thursday, stayed at home, and then bust up to Milwaukee. Right. And then Milwaukee, Milwaukee was over Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, came off home. Off Monday, stayed in their uh, bed uh, again, and then a uh, quick little flight. What's that 45 minute flight? to uh, To St. Louis, yeah,
2: yeah. So, I mean, and they've got a ton of, like you said, that's amazing. They have that many off prior days. To, but I,
1: prior to that, excuse me, you're right. They were at Cincinnati with an off day Thursday before the uh, home day uh, home game Thursday or whatever. But yeah. uh, they've had a lot. Yeah. They've had
2: a lot oh, of yeah, off yeah. days, and they're put in at this point of the year mm-hmm. where there's that stretch there where they didn't have any. But I guess it makes sense because they're looking ahead in case there's uh, rainouts and stuff like that, and they need to make up days. But they're going to have a lot of a lot of off days. Hopefully, they'll use a, use them to their advantage.
1: And Theo could not land a leadoff hitter. I give him a oh, uh, you got
2: Jason Hayward. He's I leading off again today.
1: Didn't land him though. So I'm going to. Oh, they landed him all right. One hundred eighty four million. They <laughs> sent the big whale out on the hook, and he ate
2: it. What was did it? it eight what? years? One eighty four. That's no good, uh, but at least he's helping right now. Hey, you know what? He, he's doing his job. Uh, uh-huh. of, when you start looking at all the Cubs doing their jobs this year, he's got to be high there, high up there on the list. You got that right. Hey, when we return, Mitch
1: Trubisky, a man after my own heart. ESPN 1000. On the home stretch, got to hurry. Can't wait. Twitter poll all day. Cub fans, which is the strength of the Cubs? Is it their hitting or they're pitching? Fred, I've been asking. We've been asking this one all year. Yes, and we it's have. Slowly. Originally, it was like 90%. I would say hitting. Then 80. Then 70. Then 60. I think it was down. Slowly, it's turning. Finally. Has it tip Has a teeter-totter tipped the other way? You know, I hope finally fans are saying, yep, pitching is the strength. What What say they? 69%
3: of the voters said pitching is the most important, or is the, the Cubs' greatest strength. Sorry. Up to how, how many? 69. 69%. Yep. What about hitting? Thir- that would make it 31%. Well, I
1: know, no, I didn't mean that, but thank you. Very, very yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, all year it's been, oh, they hitting. Well, about time. About time.
2: Yeah, the uh, pitching is what's, gotten, what's kept them where they're at. Now the hitting needs to step up. And, um, brian has been struggling. Rizzo's been struggling. Yeah. They had Baez with three hits yesterday. And now let's see what Castellanos does his, uh, yeah. for the rest of the year. Yeah, so
1: now they've got to bet the second baseman, eighth, because he can't hit regardless who you put there. But that's okay. They, that Theo didn't need a leadoff hitter since Fowler. Uh,
2: the- I, yeah, to be honest with you, I'd rather see David Bodie than Tony Kemp. I don't know. Well, don't do you don't want to see Kemp's- either of them, really. But- well, I don't think Tony Kemp's going to be much of a help for you. Throughout no, the
1: he's, they're both extra men. and But now they're yeah. starting. So, uh, real quick, Fred, and I learned years ago, no one cares about, you know, grammar. And I'm not going to be the grammar police. We've le- I've learned that you know, over the years. E. Uh, uh, 11 for instance, which sounds correct to you? It doesn't matter. No one, you know. Okay, let's say, I, uh, here's this. Eric went to the uh, game with Fred and me, or Eric went to the game with Fred and I. Which one sounds like it's probably, you know, the old school textbook if you're writing for the, you know, and then it's high school newspaper, you know, they come, come on, come. (laughs) Eric went to the game with uh, Fred and me or Eric
3: went to the game with Fred and that. See, now, Fred and I sounds right, but I know because there's already a
1: subject in the beginning of the sentence that it's Fred and me. Well, of course. Just because everyone says it wrong doesn't mean it's right, but someday soon it will be right when everyone says it wrong.
2: Yeah, because they correct everything. They change it. They say, just like pronunciations, like the word often. Uh, O-F-T-E-N. Everybody was saying often. Now everyone says often. The word's often. But everybody says it that way, so now the dictionary changed it.
1: Irregardless of what? Oh, that's not a word. Regardless of what you... Uh So there's I and me. There's he and him. There's she and
2: her. I screw he and him up all the time. My wife yells at me all the time. There's
1: we and us. Yeah. And there's they and them. Here's why he's a man after my own heart. Got that racked up. Here was uh, Mitch Trubisky, Bears quarterback, earlier this week. Got a little uh, uh, presser. And uh, give me that there, Eric. Constant communication just um,
2: between me and him to make sure I'm doing exactly what he wants.
1: Between me and him. That's correct. Now, what's the big deal? He's an athlete. We don't care.
2: People would have said he and I. Well, yeah. Once more. Let's hear it correct there, please, Eric. Constant communication just... Um, between me and him to make sure I'm doing exactly what he wants.
1: It sounds wrong because you never hear it right. Now, what's the big deal? Murph, we don't care. Well, here's one thing. It shows a guy that, I don't want to say education, because no one knows. It doesn't matter. Point is, he, he's very organized, he, and little things are important to him. This is just me looking at it. I could be totally wrong. I'm not a psychiatrist, but here's a guy from the littlest thing to the biggest thing. He wants to say things and do things right. I think that bodes well. It's a little tiny thing, but to me, it shouldn't be overlooked in the big picture. He wants to be correct in everything he does, so maybe it'll you know, hopefully reflect Uh, In a long, a great career.
2: Yeah, throughout the course of the week, a lot of people were making fun of uh, him when he talked about cleaning up the locker room. Mm -hmm. Well, if they read Patrick Finley's article earlier this week about the book and Matt Nagy reading the book about uh, the uh, Australian or New Zealand All Blacks uh, rugby team, uh, they'd understand exactly where Mitch is getting it from.
1: Fred, between you and me, I think we had a great show. And I'm, not, too. I'm you, not even going
2: to start because I'll screw it up. I'm tired. <laughs> want to thank our guests, Jesse Rogers, Jeff Dickers, and JD. Yeah, JD will be on with Jay Hood as soon as the game is over. What game are you talking about? Red Sox, Yankees coming up right after us here on ESPN 1000.
1: Murph and Fredson, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody.